Okay. So, Rishos Rais, Early Wits, Chashv Kehila. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's always, it's always a, uh, a tremendous chos to share some tire with Yidin. I don't take it lightly. I don't take it as something small. And especially when you're talking about a chaver getting together, that's time to learn. But, uh, you know... That's really what this is. This is a, a maimid, which is establishing and, and celebrating how, uh, how there is one nation on earth that has its head on straight, you know? And that's really what this is about. So, not only is there going to be learning, but there's Hashem, right? The Mimsachs Megillah at the end. So I figured, it'll be, uh, maybe it's an appropriate time to talk about Torah in general, Torah in general, and specifically, to connect it to the Masech that the Bez Hashem will, uh, will be learned, Masech Megillah. Okay, so I, I, as, as far as I'm aware, we didn't learn Masech Megillah yet, so I don't want to spoil the ending for you, but uh, what we're going to be learning today, tonight for a few minutes, is a sugi that comes up at the end of Masech Megillah. And one of the most amazing, one of the most beautiful things about Yiddishkeit is that there's nothing that's small. There's nothing that's small, there's nothing that's just a throwaway idea, an insignificant fact. Everything in Yiddishkeit, every little piece of Yiddishkeit, somehow contains all of Yiddishkeit. And that's one of the amazing things. You know, Chazal say, we, this past Shabbos, we lay in Parshas Yisrael. So Chazal say that, right? The first two commandments, I am Hashem, your God, you shall not have any other gods. We heard it from the mouth of power. From Rabbanishim's own mouth, And that's an interesting thing, that in that Chazal, the Rabbanishim is called Gevura. Because it's ironic, although that the Rabbanu Shalom does have a midah that he interacts with the world through, and that he reveals himself as, which is the midah of Gevura, but Chazal, the truth is, make a point that the maimed of, of, of Harsinai, the experience of Harsinai, relative, for example, to Kriyas Yamsuf, was not a maimed of Gevura. Chazal say that by Kriyas Yamsa, for example, the Rabbanu Shalom appeared, so to speak, to the Jewish people as a young man who's waging a war. Hashem Ishmolchama. Mashenkin, as opposed to Harsinai, Chazal described that the Rabbanu Shalom was manifested in such a way as a zokin malirachemim, as an old man that's full of compassion teaching young children. So it's ironic that of all the, of all the terms that we can use to describe the Rabbanu Shalom speaking to us, Davka by Harsinai, which Bechlal, you know, in a certain sense, is this, the Rabbanu Shalom is, uh, is revealing himself as a Zakein Malirachimim. So the first thing that we describe, the first communication of the Rabbanu Shalom is called Mipiyah Gvura. So one of the explanations is, is that, you know, the Midah of Gvura, we think of it as just strength, either muscular strength or, or uh, willpower. The real definition of Gvura is the ability to take something that's very, very large, and to constrict it into something very, very small. That's really what the Midah of Gevurah is. That's why when Chazal say that Ezo Gibar, Mishnah Perkyavis, who is the strong person, HaKoyvesh Ez Yitzray, means that the Yitzhahara is overflowing energy and passion is overflowing out of a person. And if you're a Gibar, you're able to take that energy and to constrict it and to hold it within yourself, within yourself, that it shouldn't overflow and, you know, uh, and spill over into ugly places. And so the midah of gvur is really a midah of constriction, of constriction. Anoichi v'la'yilacha means that the Rabbanu Shalom said, this is who I am. And the Rabbanu Shalom is ain saif, he's infinite. He's very, very big. But the chiddush of Harsinai is that the Rabbanu Shalom takes his infinite self and packages it into the smallest of details. 
that every single piece of Yiddishkeit, as small and as, as insignificant as it might seem to the, to the superficial eye, as small as it is, contains within that And so that's what's, what's most, most amazing about Yiddishkeit. And when you begin to investigate any little prat, you can find within it. So let's do that. Let's try to do that for a few minutes. Let's take a sugya, specifically at the end of Meseches Megillah, and it might sound, it might seem initially as something small, but let's find the Neichiv in that prat. Okay, so let's begin like this. In the Marmukhami set you have, so in Marmukhami number one, this is a, a line from the Shulchan Aruch. Okay, we're, what we're going to be learning about is something that we're all, the, the uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the visual of it, the, the the, the experience of it is something that we've all, we've all had, which is Hagba and Galila by Kriyasa Tyra. So we lay Tyra Monday, Thursday, Shabbos, morning, Shabbos, Mincha, and then after the laning, some communities do it before, do Hagba before, but most communities do Hagba after. So the laning is done. You've got to put the Sefer Torah away. So there's a whole ceremony that we go through, right? There's Hagba. Someone picks it up, shows the whole Tzibor, Zaysa Tyra. And then uh, there's Galila. He sits down, wraps it up. He has an assistant helping him. Then they put the Sefer Torah away. Okay. Listen, you've got to put the Sefer Torah away. You can't leave it on the bima. So there's a thing that's called Hag ben Galila. So let's investigate that sogi, at least one aspect of the sogi, and we'll see where it takes us. So, Marmokin number one is a piece of the Shulchan Aruch. There's an Archaim Simkuf Mem Zayin, Sif Aleph. Shulchan Aruch says a simple line, and we'll see where it comes from. The Shulchan Aruch says, Gaidel Sheba Aisim Shekaru Betaira, Gaidelai. Shulchan Aruch is telling us that, you know, you have, uh, there, there are certain. There are halachas in terms of people that get an aliyah, right? So we all, we're all familiar with that. The first one is going to be a kayin, if there is one, levi, and then Yisrael. The truth is, by times of chazal, and the Rambam quotes it as well, that even after, after the third aliyah, there's also sort of a hierarchy. At this point, it's sort of, uh, we, don't, we don't really do that anymore, but at least kayin, levi, Yisrael, we have. So it says the Shulchan Aruch, though, that of all the people that got an aliyah, after all the aliyahs are done, whether it be three on a Monday, Thursday, or seven on Shabbos, and so on, the greatest among all those that read in the Torah, in other words, of all the people that got an Aliyah, the greatest, the most chashav of all of them, Gailai. He should be the one to wrap up the Torah. In other words, the Shechonar calls it Gail, we call it Hagba. So the one, the greatest of all the ones that got an Aliyah, he gets Hagba. Interesting. Okay. And now we'll see a little bit. Now our custom is not like this 100%. The general custom is that the one that gets Hagba is usually not one of the Aliyah, one of the people that got the Aliyah. But there is such a thing as we'll see. That Hagba, or you know, again, what, what Chazal in the Mishnah in Shulchan Aruch and the earlier sources called Galila, that's considered to be one of the most chashav of Kibudim, and really the most chashav person in the shul should get that. And not only that, says the Shulchan Aruch Befrat, not just anyone in the shul, but specifically the ones that got an Aliyah, someone, the, the greatest of the ones that already got an Aliyah should be the one to get Hagba. So let's investigate where this comes from, and, and why is it, and what does it tell us about our own Avaidus Hashem. Okay, so the source of this is, like I said, it, it's a Gemara at the end of Masechus Megillah. So Marmokin number two, says the Gemara Megillah, Lam Aleph. Okay, all the way at the end. So it says the Gemara like this, Omer Shafatia, Omer Rav Yechnam. Shafatia said in the name of Rav Yechnam the following line, Asara Shekaru Batayra. You have ten people, and there's Kriya Satayra, the ten people that read in the Tyra. HaGadol Shobahem, the greatest of the minion, Goyal Sefer Tyra, he should be the one to do Galila, or again, what we call Hagba. That's what Rosh Shafatiyah said in Rabbi Yochanan, and the Gemara continues, Hagayolai, you should know, this person that gets Hagba, or Galila, Noitos Kula. 
he gets the reward of everyone. He gets the reward of all the people that got the Aliyah. The one that gets the Hagbi, he gets all the Schar. Dom Rabbi Shubin Levi says the Gemara, and the source of this is a statement from Bishubin Levi. Bishubin Levi, in fact, said, Asara Shakar Batayra, that you have 10 people that they laned. Hagoyla Sefer the one that, uh, that wraps it up, the one that does Hagba, Kibo Schar Kulam, he receives the reward of everyone. That's what Rabbi Shubin Levi said. Says the Gemara, Schar Kulam Salgadaitach Mamish, literally, that all the Schar goes to him. The people that got Aliyahs and read in the Torah, they don't get any Schar. Mamish. So the Gemara says, no, 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 it doesn't mean literally like that. Elema, rather, what it means is Kibel Schar Kinegad Kulam. knows that the, re- the reward that Hagba Galila gets is as great as all the Aliyahs. So it doesn't mean Chasashon that they don't get the reward. It's, it all goes to the guy that gets Hagba. But Al Kaponim, the reward that Hagba has is the same reward as all values. Okay, that's the Gemara. That's the Gemara. And so the Gemara is telling us two points. Point number one, that practically speaking, again, that was a statement to Rabbi Yechanan, that when you have a minion, they had Kriya Torah, Hagadol Shabahem, the greatest of them, should get Galila, should get Hagba Galila. And then the Gemara goes on to explain, and probably this is the reason, that you should know the one that gets Hagba gets the, the, the schar that he receives is Keneged Kulam equals all of, equals all of the, uh, the people that got Daliyah. Okay, <clears throat> so before we investigate the details of this halacha, one observation, you know, we're, we're used to this when we read Gemara, that the Gemara like, quotes a statement, has a question or some sort of comment, like the statement sounds a little bit off, like it can't be 100%. So okay, fine, let's, let's tweak it a little bit. That's what the Gemara says over here, right? The original statement of Rishim and Levi, as recorded in the Gemara, was that the person that gets Hagba gets all the schar of everyone else. And the Gemara said, Mamish, like, literally, that's what you mean. It doesn't mean that. It means that he gets the schar the same amount as everyone else. So why did Rishim and Levi say that? Like, what's this Indian that, you know, either, so I guess you can say either that there was a, a mistake in the tradition, that there's a, you know, the, the, the wording of Rabbi Shimon Levi was, was, uh, was somehow not 100% passed down correctly, and the Gemara is showing that, no, uh, you know, this is really what he meant, this is really what he said. But the fact that there's this dynamic, it's difficult to say that. Most likely, Rabbi Shimon Levi said those words, noitos schar kulam, that he gets the reward of everyone else. And the Gemara is saying, it can't be mamish like that. It means he gets the reward in measure, like the same amount as everyone else. So why did Rishon believe he say that? Because he have to say, he has to say the words, noitel schar kulam, kibo schar kulam, and we have to adjust what he means. What's this hitting over here? What's going on over here? And just in general, why is Hagba such a chashva thing? Why is it such a chashva thing that it gets the same amount of, of schar as all the people that get the aliyah? It needs explanation. Now, Halach Lamaisa, based on this Gemara, there is a Machlekes Rishayin in the, in the Pratim, in the details of this Halacha. Again, all the Gemara said is a straightforward statement, somewhat. Asara Shakar B'Tayra, 10 people that get, that, that read in the Taira, you have a Kriya Taira. Hagadol Shabham, the greatest of them, Gailal Sefer Taira, does the one, does the Galila, he does Hag. <clears throat> now, in, in Marmokka number three, Taisvis over there on the Gemara, is explaining why this is. Why would Davka, the greatest of the people be the one to be given Hagba. So Tysus explains, Tysus explains that they're basically that the reason for this is in connection to the next statement of the Gemara. In other words, the Gemara then goes on to say that Hagba is Naitel Scharkulam gets the reward of everyone else or gets the amount of reward that everyone else has. And so because Hagba is such a chash of a thing, it's only right that it's given to the greatest person, says Taisvis. Why should Hagba be given to the greatest person over there? Because that's the greatest honor we could bestow upon him. 
That's the greatest honor we could bestow upon him. From the fact that the Hagba gets all the gets such amount of reward, so obviously Hagba is a Khashva thing. So it's only fitting that it should be given to the most Khashva person in the shul. Vagam, and also, not only, not only is the fact that there's so much reward for Hagba indicative of the fact that Hagba must be a, a big deal, but if we also have to choose someone to get a lot of schar, we give it to the chashu, a person that anyway in his life deserves schar. So that's what Taisus says. Now, the understanding of Taisus that, again, why is Hagba being given to the most chashu of a person? Because Hagba is a chashva thing, he deserves a lot of reward anyway. If we're going to give someone all the schar, we might as well give it to him. So based on that, first and Achreinim explain that it doesn't necessarily have to be there for the, uh, uh, someone that had an aliyah. Then let's say you had a, a minion, and they go through the aliyahs, and then at the end, right at the end of uh, the, you know, the middle of the last aliyah, you know, the Gadol Hadar walks into the shul. He already davened he had his kriya satire, but he happens to walk in. So who are you going to give Hagba to? So according to Taisvis, listen, at the end of the day, Hagba is a covet. Hagba gets a lot of schar, so you should give it to the Gadol Hadar. Ah, he wasn't one of the ones that read the Torah. Hagba is a chashva thing. Give it to the most chashva person. The Ran, however, in Marmokah number four, makes a point that the Gemara sounds not like that. The Gemara, the, the Gemara says the Ran as follows. The, the Ran makes the following observation. The language of the Gemara was, it's interesting, the Gemara says, Amrav Shavati and Riachan, again, back to the beginning of Marmokah number two. Shavati said, Nein Rabbi Yechanan, Asara Shekaru Batayra. Ten people that leaned in the Torah, the greatest of those people should get Hagba. Says the Ran, the fact that the Gemara makes a point that Asar Shekaru Torah, people that read in the Torah, the greatest of them should be the one getting Hagba, says the Ran, makes the, tells us the following Nakuda that even if a Gadol Hadar walks into Shul at the end of leaning, he's not the one to get Hagba. Even though Hagba is a gewaldige thing, and it's a good cov- and it's a, one of the things that you can be mechabe people with, and this person is certainly deserving of covet more than anyone in the shul right now, but that's not what the Gemara says. The Gemara says that it has to be shakaru b'tayrim, the ones that read that read in the Torah. They're the one, someone of that, the gadol shabahem, the greatest of those that read. That's the one that should get Hagba. And because of that, the Ran makes the observation. Now it's interesting because the language of the Gemara was asara shakaru ten people that leaned. We don't get ten aliyas. You make hesafas and stuff like that, but it's at most seven, mikredin. So what does the Gemara mean, asara shakar v'tayra? So because of that point, that's where Tysus is coming from. That clearly doesn't mean literally the ones that lane, because you're not having ten people lane. So what does it mean, shakar It means uh, there was a minion that there was kriya satayra in. It says, no, 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 no. Asara shakar v'tayra means that the Indian of Hagba should be given davka to, one, to the greatest of those that actually lane. So what does it mean, ten? So says the Ran. Maramukha number four, even though you're only going to get seven people laning, you're not going to get ten people laning. So the more, the more, uh, you know, the, the, the more technical language of the Gemara should have been, seven that, la- that laned in the Torah, the greatest of them should get Hagba. Says the Ran, Kivan Shein Kermitar Bachas Masara, Nakit Asara. Since Lamaisa, there is a minion in Shul because you can't lane without a minion. Okay, so the language of the Gemara is ten. But the real point that a person should be stressing when you read the Gemara, says the Ran, is the word Shakarubatar. Shakarubatar. 
So let's take a step back. So what we have is, and, and by the way, the, the Ran is the source of, of the Shulchan Aruch. Again, the language of the Shulchan Aruch back in Maramak number one is, Gadol Sheba'aisim Shekaru Betaira, the greatest amongst those that got an Aliyah, he's the one, Gaila, he's the one to get Hagba and Galila. So the, the, the Shulchan Aruch is not just saying the most chashu person in the Shul. He's saying that amongst those that actually got the Aliyah, even if there's someone else that's more chashu didn't get an Aliyah for whatever reason, but of the people, of the seven, or whatever the number is, the Gat Aliyah, one of them, the Gcheshavah, one of them, he's the one that should get Hakba. So in other words, taking a step back, we have a Machlokis Rishayin between Taisus and Iran in this Gemara. Again, the Gemara is telling us definitely there's something special about Hakba, that's for sure. Naitel Schar, Kenegat Kulam, he gets all, a reward comparative to all the Aliyahs, Tzkaval Gezach. And because of that, it should be given to the most Gcheshavah person. But we have Machlokis between Taisus and Iran, but what does that mean, the most Gcheshavah person? Says Taisvis, it means the most chosh person in the shul. He got an ali, didn't get an ali, he just showed up. The most chosh person in the shul should be, get the biggest keeper. That's Taisvis. Says the no, no, no. It has to be, even though it's the biggest keeper, and this person is most chosh of a person in the shul right now. I don't know. Hagba has to go to the most chosh of a person of those that got an ali. Now, this needs an explanation. What's the Akabshat? Taisvis Lachar makes the most sense. Hagba is a covet, it's the biggest covet, it's the biggest keeper. So this person is deserving of the biggest keeper. It's a shidduch. Says the Ran, I agree, Hagba is a big covet. This person deserves covet. He didn't get an aliyah. It has to be from within, within those that got an aliyah. So the question is, what, what, is that? what does that mean? What's going on over here? So these are the questions that we have. First of all, again, Aleph, why is Hagba so chashiv? Number two, why is the language of Rabbi Shubham Levi misleading? Why is Rabbi Shubham Levi, why is the tradition that the words of Rabbi Shubham Levi were that the Hagba, the person that gets Hagba, gets all the schar? that we have to then tweak it and say, no, no, it doesn't mean literally all the schar. It means that he gets schar in the same measure as everyone else. Why the misleading language? And number three, the explanation in the Ran. Why would we be makbid to give hagba, not just to the most chashu person, but he has to be the one of the people that got an aliyah? Why, why, why limit it to such, a, to such a way? Okay, let's put all that to the side. Let's move on to another discussion related to hagba as well. Okay, so... What happens? You have Kriya Taira, well, Aliyas, whatever it is. And now it's time to do Hagba. But before we do Hagba, there's something that we usually do, which is Kaddish. You do Kaddish. Now, the halachas of Kaddish is interesting. In, 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 in Bavli, we find obviously a reference to Kaddish. Kaddish is definitely mentioned. But it's a little bit hard uh, to come to see clearly in Shas, Bavli, all the Gedarim and all the stipulations, the regulations of when to say Kaddish. It's a little bit unclear. The Rishonim fill in all the blanks and they give us our guidelines. But one of the basic times in which Kaddish has to be said is after Kriya Satara. That's one of the things after Kriya Satara. Kriya Satara, a public recitation of Tarshavich Sav is Mechayev Kaddish, obligates Kaddish. And that's why. So after Kriya Satara, we say Kaddish. What's interesting is, is that there was a big debate amongst the Rishayinim by Kriya Satara when exactly to say Kaddish. And as our custom is, the last Aliyah, you say Kaddish, finished. And then afterwards, you do Hagba Galil. But there were Rishitas in the Rishayinim that the Kaddish, which is again being obligated because of Kriya Satara, should only be said after Hagba Galil. Take a look at Maramukha number five, none other than the Rambam. The Rambam writes in Hilchas Tefillah, Perak Yud Beis Alachachaf, Ukisha Goimrim. He's talking about the whole, the whole procedure of davening, Monday and Thursday, Shabbos. Kisha Goimrim, when we complete, when we complete uh, laning, Machzir Sefer Torah It's interesting, not just Hagba Galila. Says the Rambam, 
a whole, return the Sefer Torah to the Aaron, right? And then Vaymer Kaddish. And then you say Kaddish. So that's, a, that's an interesting thing. That's an interesting thing. So we not only to, to do Kaddish after Hagvagalila, but Kaddish after the Sefer Torah is returned. Now the Rishonim quote this Rambam, later Rishonim quote this Rambam, and the Mamish Nispal from it. It's, mamish, it's a pellet, such a thing. Usually, when we have, we have a, in halacha, there's procedural things of, of what to do. And B'derach Klal, when you have a certain act, which is machayev, which is the source of the obligation to say Kaddish, so you want to say Kaddish right away. You want to be mafsik and, and do other things in between. So the Rishonim make the point of saying, it doesn't make any sense what the Ram is talking about. What is obligating Kaddish? What's obligating Kaddish is what? Is Kriya Satar. So right after Kriya Satar, say Kaddish. What's this saying? No, 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 no. Do Hagba Galila, not just Hagba Galila. Bring the, get the Chaz, let's say it's a large shul. So it's a whole Mahalach to get back to the Aaron. Do all of that and then say Kaddish. Mama Shapela. Take a look at Maramoka number six. This is from one of the Rishonims called the Sefer Apardes. The Sefer Apardes is also dealing with this. It's interesting that the, the, the Shita that the Pardes is dealing with is not as extreme as the Rambam, but it is similar. That the Shita that the Pardes is dealing with is a Shita that he records that the Kaddish should be said after Hagba Galila. Okay, the Rambam is taking it even further. That it's not just after Hagba Galila, say the Kaddish after the Sefer Torah is ready in the Aaron. But it's the same basic problem. Why not say right away after Kriya Satyra? The Kriya Satyra is the, is the Machayev. That's what obligated you to say Kaddish. Why are you delaying it anyway at all? So says the Sefer Pardes like this. Eina chazin oimer kaddish miyad. Says the Pardes, the, the chazin should not say kaddish right away. Again, this is not our custom, but he says the chazin should not say kaddish right away. Laachar siem kriyasatayra. Right after laning, you should not say kaddish right away. Ella memaher liglaatayra. You should, uh, you know, you know, there shouldn't be a lot of mishaberchs over here. Do hagba right away. Ubalafnei and then say kaddish. Then the chazin should say kaddish. Why? So the Pardes is is being more of the point. Why should kaddish be delayed? Says the Pardes, this is not a delay. The siyuma arichta b'kriyasatayra at hand. Because kriyasatayra doesn't end, you know, with the, the last word of kriyasatayra. Kriyasatayra ends with hagba galila. It ends with hagba galila. Umaf shemasek mitayim, and even though it might seem like a hefsek, kriyasatayra ended with the final bracha, right? And then you're doing, you're just, now you're just putting away the sefetayra. Says the Pardes, that's not a hefsek at all. Lechashiv hasaka, v'kula siyuma arichta. It's all one long ending. So when does Kriyasatara really officially end, says the Paradis? It ends after Hagba Galila. And in the Rambam, technically, it really ends with the Sefetara's back. And so you're talking about, so when is Kaddish supposed to be said? After Kriyasatara. Well, Kriyasatara is not over until Hagba is done. So this needs explanation. I thought Kriyasatara means to lane from the Torah. How in the world is Hagba considered to be the ending of Kriyasatara? I understand it's a necessary thing to do after Kriya Satara. You've got to put the Sefer Torah away, and it's nice to do it in a, in a respectful, in a respectful way. But it, that technically speaking, halachically, it is the ending, it is a hemshech, it is the ending of Kriya Satara. So this is, a, again, like I said, this is a sheet of the Rambam, it's a sheet of the Sefer Pardes. But the truth is, we should know, that we do, to a certain degree, all of us rely on this at least once a week. And that is by Shabbos Mincha. Shabbos Mincha is a strange thing, because right after laning, See, usually on Monday and Thursday, for example, after laning, there's Ashri see, and there's a whole thing, right? And Shabbos by Shachris also, right after laning, there's, uh, you know, also Tfilas Musaf and a whole thing that's said, Ashrei. But when it comes to Shabbos Mincha, what's interesting is what, what's, the, what's the procedure? You, said, you say Ashri Volotzin first, then you say Kriya Taira, and then you basically go straight into Shemin Now, here's the problem that, that the Rishonim deal with. Kriya Taira, 
requires a Kaddish after it, right? Shemun Esrei, one of the rules of Kaddish is that before Shemun Esrei, you also need a Kaddish. So technically, if you think about it, by Minchan Shabbos, the procedure should be as follows. Asher Voltzian, fine. Kriya Satyra. A Kaddish because of Kriya Satyra. And then another Kaddish before Shemun Esrei. But that's very odd to do two Kaddishes back to back. So, we, so therefore, what we do is one Kaddish. But this one Kaddish is like a little bit, uh, a little bit funny. It's a little bit funny. Because we need the one Kaddish to be said both as an as a introduction to Shemun Esrei, and also that same Kaddish has to be taken care of Kriya Satyra that was said prior to it. But the problem is, if the, the Kaddish for Kriya Satyra should be said right after Kriya Satyra, and the Kaddish for Shemun Esrei should be said right before Shemun Esrei. But in between is Hagba Galila. So what do we do? So what's the custom? So the custom is you say, uh, you, you, you do Hagba Galila, and then you say Kaddish right before Shemun Esrei, and you hope that that Kaddish, and that's the assumption, that Kaddish works for everything. I, Hagba Galila is a hefsik. The answer is Shabbos by Mincha, we're relying on these shittas, right? The Rambam and so on, that Hagba Galila is not a hefsik to Kriya Satyra, it's a hemshik to Kriya Satyra. And therefore, the Kaddish that's said before Shemun Esrei is, not, is considered to be right before Shemun Esrei and right after Kriya Satyra. I, Kriya Satyra, was a couple minutes ago before Hagba Galila. No, 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 no. The Rambam, the Sefer Pardis, they're telling us Hagba Galila is a Hemshech. The truth is, you should know, there are, you know, for example, the Minig of, of um, in Chabad, the Minig is to, what they do is they begin, the, they, they begin uh, Kaddish slowly while Hagba is happening in order to sort of alleviate the tension over here, that, that one Kaddish is being said, but it sort of straddles both. But the general custom of most Gilas is not like that, that we talk away till after Hagba Galila, and after the Sefer Torah is already placed in the Aran, and then Kaddish is said, and we assume that that Kaddish is both before, for Shemun Esrei and for the Kriya Torah that was before Hagba Galila and before Achnas uh, Sefer Torah. So what's interesting is, is that even though this Shita of the Rambam and the Sefer Paradis is something we don't necessarily rely on every Monday and Thursday and Shabbos in the morning. We don't. Over there, we just say Kaddish right after Kriya Torah before Hagba Galila. When it comes to Shabbos by Mincha already, we're assuming like this. So, another two questions. First of all, again, what's this idea that Hagba and Galila is considered to be a continuation or a completion of Kriya Torah itself? Number one. And number two, Sepis, that we would rely on that sheet, the Davka by Shabbos Mincha. I understand that we're kind of stuck in a corner. You know, we, we don't have anywhere to go. We have no choice, sort of. But everything that Kal Yisrael does is obviously with divine providence, especially something that's so chashev as the minig of Kal Yisrael by davening, Shavas by Mincha. So why, why, why is it that somehow, Davka by Shavas Mincha, this sheet of the Rambam and Sefer Pardes is like shining strong, that that the Jewish people rely on attack every week? Follow? Okay. So this all started with a Gemara. The Gemara said this idea that the most choshevet thing is Hagba. And the Hagba is noito schar k'neged kula. So let's understand. So in Marmokka number 7, there's a very, very famous piece from the Nefesh HaChaim, Rechaim Velozhener. It's in Shar Dalet, Parag Dalet. It's, uh, this is just really a snippet of a longer discussion that Rechaim himself has over here. Rechaim is talking about the relationship between Yiras Hashem, Tveikis, Ahavas Hashem, Yiras Hashem, and learning Torah. Okay. Now, people very often make the mistaken assumption that, you know, that in the world of Rav Chaim Velozhener, Torah Lashma means, like, just Torah. Yeah, 
and, and God is God. You think about God by davening, but God has nothing to do with learning. That's not at all the sheet of Rabbi Chaim Veloz. You know, we're not, we don't have the time right now to get involved in the, you know, in this. Uh, it's already late. I'm sorry. We have to get to get involved in this particular sugya of Tarlishma and so on. But just a little, a little window. Rechaim Velozhner certainly agrees that even that Torah has to be connected to God. A person has to be conscious of the fact that whatever it is that you're learning, this is Torah Hashem. This is a way in which you connect to the infinite light of God Himself. That's what Torah is. That's what defines Torah as something that's not just secular wisdom. Is that this is wisdom that's pulsating with God's presence. And unless a person is conscious of that and sort of engages in Torah from that perspective, that this that this body of work that you are this this information that you're absorbing into your into your brain and becoming a part of you is literally divine wisdom, then that's not that's not Torah. So Rechaim Velozhin writes the following thing: Kiyiras Hashem. Again, we're not going to go through all of it. You can see yourself, but just here in a few pieces here and there. Kiyiras Hashem Tchila Hi Ikar Hakiyam Shalchachem Satayr. Says Rechaim Velozhin, the awareness, the sensitivity of Yiras Hashem, of an awareness of the Rebbeinu's presence, and how this information is what God. Deeply is attached to, and what and 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 Pnimius Ritzonius Baruch is revolving around this wisdom. That's what sustains Tyra. That's what defines it as Tyra. Without that sensitivity of Yiras Hashem, then it's not Tyra. It's just uh, you know God. God also obviously thought about and thinks about gravity, because if God wasn't thinking about gravity, there would be no such thing as gravity. So why is gravity not Tyra? What makes, what makes, why, 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 what's the difference between, in other words, Hashem obviously is thinking about Hilchas Tzitzis, and he's also thinking about gravity. So, so why don't I make a Birch Satar when I'm learning about gravity? The answer is, of course, God's thinking about gravity too. But in the Sermar Kedoshim, it's called Chitzonius Ritzonius Baruch. It's, uh, everyone has this, you know, there are certain conversations that you have with people that you sort of have to have it. And then you have conversations with people because you want to have those conversations, right? So someone, uh, you know, conversations you have with work, about work, with co-workers, obviously if I'm getting those words out of my mouth, it's by choice. I'm not being forced, but it's not, uh, it's not what you really want to be talking about. But then, hopefully, when you're speaking with your spouse or uh, with a close friend, those are conversations you want to have. The Rabbana Shalom Kiryachal, obviously, so to speak, he had to talk about gravity. He has to think about gravity. That's not, you know, because without gravity, it'll be a little bit, a little bit difficult to navigate the world. But uh, that's not really where the Rebbeinu Kishka, so to speak, are being placed. But when it comes to Torah, the definition of Torah is that though, these are concepts, these are words that the Rebbeinu said, the from the from the the depth of who the Rebbeinu is. And when we engage in those wisdoms and those concepts, the Rebbeinu presence is pulsating within it, and that's what defines it as Torah. So says Rechai Velozhner, the sense of Yerush Hashem is the key, it's the Iker. Without that, it's not Torah. K'mayish Amr Chazal, Chazal say, the Gemara quotes a Pasuk that breaks down the Pasuk in, in a certain way that every word corresponds to one of the Shishish Mishnah. And Chazal in that Pasuk contain, uh, gives a hint to all of Shas. And what does the Gemara end off with based on that Pasuk? Yeras Hashem has to be the warehouse, the storage house, the vessel in which all of that wisdom has to exist. And without that vessel of Yeras Hashem, it's Pasha Natar. It's, it it's, it's not there. It doesn't have a kiyam, and it's simply not Tar. 
In other words, what Rechaim is telling us is that Yiras Hashem, a sense of the Rebbe presence and an awe and a reverence to what this information is, is not just a mile of alma, it's not just a side benefit, the difference between a tzaddik and a regular person. No, no, no. This, is the defi- this defines the experience as Talmud Torah. It defines the experience as something transcendent. Instead of, a learning, instead of learning about things that just help you navigate your practical life, these things that you learn bring you to a higher space. They bring you to a higher place in the soul. They bring you to a higher place in divinity. That's something that will happen when there's a sense of your Hashem, when there's a sense that this information is an elevator, this information is, uh, is a rocket ship. It's taking you to a higher place. And that defines it as time. <clears throat> so we have a time during the week, throughout the week, where we have collective Talmud time. We have Talmud of each individual person, where then the responsibility to make sure that what you're learning is within the context of the Yeres Hashem, that's on you. But then we have Talmud Torah of the Tzibor, of the Rabbim, and that's called Kriya Satayr. That's what we do Kriya Satayr for, right? To make sure Maisha was Masak, and there shouldn't be three days without learning, and so on. It's Talmud Torah of the Tzibor. So Chazal, we're Masak in the following idea. If we're being Masak in that there should be such a thing as Talmud Torah, and, and the people that are getting the Aliyahs are the Malamdim, they are the ones that are learning Torah on behalf of the whole Tzibor, in the name of the whole Tzibor, then we have to also make sure that there has to be a clear point to establish that this is Taka Torah, that this is not just information that we're learning because it's interesting or because it helps us be say and to make sure, you know, to guarantee we don't go to hell or something like that, that this is a transcendent experience. Like the famous Yerushalmi says that Kriya Torah has to be reminiscent of Harsinai. In certain halachas, we have because of that. So the, part, of this, part of the intention of Chazal is that it shouldn't just be Stam learning of the community, that it should be seen, it should be clear that it's Torah and what Torah truly is, which is an experience of, the divine, of, 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 of divine wisdom. And so this is the Indian of Hagba. The Indian of Hagba is not, and Galila is not just, well, listen, the Sefer Torah is there, you gotta, you gotta put it away, so let's, let's make a kibbutz, you know. <laughs> you know? It's like you have this by wedding sometimes, so there's too many people to give a kibbutz to, so you gotta make stuff up, right? So uh, the, the, the great, great uncle of the chassan is to bring the kittel to the chuppah, you know, stuff like that. Okay, you have to do that stuff. Because I'm not doing that with, uh, with Laini. So what's this Indian of Hagba? Hagba is the year Hashem Hiyatzari. That's what Hagba is. Hagba is the person getting up and picking up the Torah and the whole tzibur having a sense of hisroimus and yiras hakavid to the Sefer Torah. That is a collective, exper- a, a collective uh, uh, reminder that you know what this is? This is something altogether different. This is, when we talk about Hagba, you know, Chazal call it Galila. Why do we call it Hagba? It's because Chazal are telling you what you're doing, which is technically Galila, but the term that we use is a term that describes what's happening, what's being, what's being, what's being communicated by that Misa. The Misa is Galila, but the communication is Hagba. That this, is, that this was an experience, and some people, some kills do Hagba before Kriya Satire. Okay, most some places do it after, but either case, the point is it's being communicated that what you just experienced or what you're about to experience is a mice of Hagva. You're being put to a different place. It's your Hashem sorry. This is why, this is why, let's go back. This is why Rem Yushub and Levi, the words that he said were that the Bal Hagba, the one that gets Hagba, gets all the schar from the Kriya Satire. Why? Because it's not just he did a hush of a thing and he gets without Hagba, then the whole Kriya Satire was not Torah. The whole thing was just um, uh, a piece of Chachma. But what defined it as Torah was through the Hagba. 
So of course, it's noita schar kulam. So says the Gemara, literally, mamish, they don't get schar at all. No, they get schar, you just get schar keneged kulam. But the fact that he used those, that terminology is trying to bring this point across, which is that Hagba is what defined Kriya Torah as Kriya Torah. And without the Hagba, there was no Kriya Torah. That's why he uses such a strong lashon that he gets all of their schar. Because the function of Hagba is to define what you just experienced as Taka Kriya Torah. And this is why, according to the Ran, it has to be, it has to dafka be the ones that had the laning are the, the ones that do the Hagbah. Because again, the, the, one of the conditions of Yer Hashem is not just in Torah itself. Chazal say, uh, the, based on a Pasuk, if the Rebbe, the one that teaches Torah, if he's someone that's saturated with Yer Hashem, then he's someone that you should learn Torah from. Of the, 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 the collective you know, chevra that, that are the ones that got the aliyah, they are the rebeim of the shul for the Talmud Torah And so you need of that collective, collective group, to, they, they also have to represent and embody this truth of Yerush Hashem. If it's someone from the outside, then the, 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 the rav needs to be daimel amalach. And so the rav over here are the seven people that got the aliyah. So the seven people also have to express and embody the, and represent Yerush Hashem. So of them, there has to, the greatest of them the one that represents the rest of them, he's the one that gets Hagba. Davka, because that's what Hagba is. This is also why, again, like I said in the Rambam and so on, Hagba is the Siyum of the Kriya It's the end of Kriya Satyra. Again, it defines the experience as Kriya Satyra as opposed to just um, reading words or an intellectual pursuit. The whole thing is redefined as a Maisa Hagba through the Maisa Hagba. It's not Hefsek at all. It's the, it's the completion. It's the Shlemus. It's... Uh, it, 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 it actually is the thing that, ex- that defines the entire experience as Kriya Satyra. And of all times, of all times in the year, of all times in the week, I should say, I'm sorry, the one time that this shita, that this clarity, that this inyan of what Hagba does and the redefinition of Torah itself as from being just things that we learn about to an experience of transcendence, Davka comes by Mincha and Shabbos. Mincha Shabbos, as we know, time of Shal Shudas, it's a time of Rav de Ravin. Rav de Ravin, the, the will of all wills. The will of all wills means that you know, the Zohar Kodesh has that term for Shal Shudas, that it's a time of will, the, of will of Ratzin Shebert Sinus. What does that mean? So Tyra, listen, you know, all of Tyra is called the Ratzin Hashem. But what's the Ratzin Shebert Sinus of Hashem? The Ratzin Shebert Sinus, the will of all wills is the Hagba that Tyra brings to us. That's the Ratzin Shebert Sinus. In other words, Hashem wants you, the Ratzin of Hashem is all the details of Yiddishkeit. All the details that you can learn about. But what's the Rutzen Shebert Sinus? Where do, what are all those details about? Where are they trying to bring you to? What they're trying to bring you to is Yeres Hashem and Ahavas Hashem and Tveikas Hashem. Elokos, that's what it's trying to bring you. So, and that's exactly what the Hagba experience is about. It's about reminding us that all the things that we just learned about, there's a Rav Ravin behind it. There's, 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 there's something, there's a, a divine experience behind it that's, that's making it a transcendent experience, that defines it as transcendent. It's a davka of all times of the week that we're going to be more sensitive to the sheet of the Rambam and the sheet of the Pardes. That Hagba is not just another thing that we do at the end of Kriya Satara. No, that's what defines it as such. Without Hagba, then it wasn't Tari either. It's davka at a time of Rav de Ravin where it becomes apparent to the soul that God isn't just, that, there is, it, it, that besides the many Ritzinus that God has, there is one central Ritzin behind all those Ritzinus, which is, Anaych Yashem Alekech and so this is what's going on over here. Something that's, that's small and, you know, it comes and goes. Hagba Galila, it's no big deal, right? 
people buy a lias. Hagvila is not the one that goes uh, for the most, right? But Adarav, Adarav, in that Prat that Mamish, that redefines the whole experience as one long statement, one big statement. Hashem should bless each and every one of us. We should be zaycha to be makasher ourselves to Torah, to the Ratzin Shabbat Zayin of all of Torah. We should be zaycha to be called Tzedek Meher Amen.